What's going on, y'all? How y'all doing? It's your boy E Money, and this is season six of the Past Their Prom podcast. We've been going for a minute, but we're back with some fire content, sports takes. But uh, I just want to take this time out to wish everybody being safe, hoping that their family and friends aren't being affected by this COVID, and if they are, they go through a speedy recovery. Uh, I'm pretty sure everybody here in this room as well is familiar with people that are going through this sickness right now. So in the interest of the pandemic, we decided to move from actually meeting in person and practicing social distancing and do our episodes via Zoom uh, for the foreseeable future. So once again, this is your boy E-Money. This is the Past That Prime podcast. Make sure to visit our website, www.pastorprime5.com. We got some dope new content, new website. Also join our mailing list so you can uh, start getting information about our merch, which will be coming soon, which we're all wearing right now. Got the nice hoodies. It's still, it's, we, we still a little bit into hoodie season. We can squeeze a couple of weeks out of it. We ain't really get to that summertime fine yet. But... Um, let me uh, take the time to introduce my other host, and uh, let's get this show started. Gentlemen? Nope. Your boy, Johnny Dubs. Dubs on deck in the building. Live from Yonkers, New York right now. Shout out to all my people, my brethren, my hosts, talking to y'all, and all the listeners. Miss y'all too, man. It's been a while. It's been a minute. But we back, man. We here. We in the building. You see us. We on deck. Past A Prime in the building. Terrible Towers always here. Yo, it's your boy Clooney. We here straight from ATL, shouting. What it do? It's your boy Combs, PTP Combs. We in the building. Right on cue for draft time. You already know what time it is, man. In the back, 33 special. You know what time it is. The gang is in the building, man. You know what time it is. Dan Green in the building. See the whole towel. I got the whole towel back there. I ain't playing. I ain't playing with y'all. You know what time it is. Right I'm up right now. Over Rock and Martin, you see the game. You know what time they brought the game too. You know what time it is. <laughs> All right. Well, with that said, let's get into it. Uh, the NFL draft just took place, started on Thursday, and ended uh, yesterday, which was Sunday. Today is Monday for us. And uh, the number one pick, as expected, was Joe Burrow. And uh, let's take some time to go into. The draft, we each got our favorite teams. You know, I got my, I'm repping my Chargers. We got the Steelers, we got the Eagles, and we got the lowly New York Jets. <laughs> the intro. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, so let's take some time out to review everybody's uh, teams and what they did in the draft. So, uh, let's start with the defending champs from a couple years ago. Coles, talk to me. I see you with your, is that a Jeffrey or a Wentz jersey? It's a Wentz. My boy, you know, the Eagles did a lot of good things this draft. Put a lot of speed through trades and picks. Um, first, let's start with the, the one of my sleepers. One of my top guys, I, I love this guy. It's a Jalen Hurts. I love, it, love the pick. I love the pick. He's a winner. Took two programs to the um, one to the finals. Excuse me, college in Alabama. The college playoff. Huh? The college playoff? No, he took um, the second team in the college playoff. The first one went to the championship, I believe, right? Yes. He won the playoff still. Yeah. 
He's a winner. The man's a winner. I've heard Russell Wilson-esque. That's what I've heard. That's, that's what we hear. Russell Wilson-esque. Because, you know, when you have a running quarterback, you need a backup quarterback to do the same thing. So the offense just runs smoothly. Just runs smoothly. We had a lot of speed um, at receiver. We brought in Marcus Goodwin. Fellas, last year, the, the days of Nelson Aguilar are over. <laughs> over. I don't want to see him no more. I don't want to see him no more. <laughs> but I'm very, I'm very happy with the Eagles did. Um, we got Jalen Rodgers from TCU. Very nice speedster. We put a lot of speed into the camp. I'm very looking forward to it. I, I, I like a lot of things I'm hearing from the Eagles camp. So are these plays that you anticipate to be contributing from week one? Week one. On the field. Mr. Does this mean Alshon? But he's, he's a, now he's a wide receiver side tight end. He's a he's I'm hearing Alshon on the block. Right. Block and you you a goal line receiver. But now we got now we got some speed on the field though. Mr. Wentz, <clears throat> you running. We out here, baby. I like it. I like it. I'm excited. I'm excited for the Eagles. Last year, as you guys know, we had tons of injuries at a receiver. It was ugly. I don't know who played receiver for us. All right, so do you anticipate being uh, for the Eagles to move on from once down the line if he continues to be injury prone? Second round pick on a player that you don't foresee playing in the future. I mean, I think that um, Jalen Hurts is, just notice we now have competition at the the quarterback position. There's a competition now. It's, of course, it's hard to much job to lose, but just having a competition behind her elevates everyone involved. Healthy competition. And who knows? If Carson Wentz gets hurt, Jalen Hurts comes in and hurts the defense, I need a pick. I'm not afraid to trade him. I'm not afraid to trade Carson Wentz, my boy. My name You're not afraid to trade anybody. This is for, for the fact, hey, fact of the matter. Say that. Hey, I mean, unfortunately, right. unfortunately for running quarterbacks, I mean, Carson Wentz got hurt early, and I don't think he can run anymore. If he can't run anymore, I need his accuracy to go up. And we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. Like that. Combs, talk to us. As your resident Jet fan, <laughs> um, I didn't love what the gang did. A draft. Um, Makai Becton, our first pick, was more of a project at left tackle. When we could have had a sure thing like Jerry Judy, C.D. Lamb, Mr. Ruggs, you know. You could have had a more sure thing at the receiver spot, one of the top three on the board. Instead, they took Makai Becton, who was a big man, a very big man, 6'7", 350, 360, I believe. Um, he's an old-school left tackle, you know, and in the new era – you have quick, good feet left tackle that can move. He's old school pile driver. He'll move you downfield, mountain grader. So I didn't love that pick, especially when our second pick, Denzel Mims, he's, he has good size. He's like Josh Gordon. Oh, how do I describe He's probably Josh Gordon, like super, super diet. I'll say that. Coming out of Bella. <laughs> Super, I'm out of super, 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 super diet. If you look at it, if you put them side by side, they're probably the same size, same weight. Maybe Josh Gordon's a little thicker, maybe now, I guess, because he's been in the league a little longer. Coming out of Baylor, <laughs> they're probably a similar size or whatever. But um, 
he doesn't have the balls because Josh Gordon had at Baylor, John, uh, Denzel Mims. He's a freak athlete, but he doesn't have the, the hand skills, the freak combination of getting open like that. So I didn't love the pick, especially since my boy Michael Pittman went early to the Colts. Uh, T. Higgins went early to the Bengals. Claypool went to the Steelers. So I thought the Jets really um, swung and missed in the second round, actually, on getting some more weapons for Sam Darnold. We drafted uh, Samaje P. Ryan's little brother, Michael P. Ryan out of Florida. So he can, he's a nice one receiving back. Give us uh, some catches out of the backfield, spell Le'Veon. But um, what really caught my attention was the Trent Williams trade, the, the fifth round, the third round pick. You know, as, as a Jets fan, you know, we could have made that trade actually ourselves, had a left tackle, then drafted a top flight receiver for Sam. And then even draft another, even move out or take another tackle in the second round or something like that. But we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, so it's a, it's a, a lot of projects out there. A lot of projects. I'm more of a short thing guy for the draft, but we got a lot of projects right now. So we'll see. As a rebuttal, though, to your getting Trent Williams, I was under the impression that he also wants a new deal and wants to be in a winning situation. We can compensate that, the Jets. I don't know if you look at the roster. We're not paying too many people. You okay. <laughs> see the Jets roster. There aren't so many people. Well, I don't know if you would have wanted night. to uh, join a team that wasn't in contention. Why then? I don't think he wanted to join a team that wasn't in contention. I mean, all right, I, I, I can understand that. That makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah, but, he wanted to take that risk. Hey man, I would have taken that risk. But team will be I, even the Mackay Beckham. It's it's risky because he's a big man, and you see a lot of DNs, a lot of linebackers now, and DNs now, or a lot of speed rushers. You don't see the old school bull rush, the Julius Peppers or big DNs. You don't see a lot of those guys. You see a lot of quick TJ Watts, the Bosa brothers, all of the quick D linemen off the line of scrimmage attacking those left tackles. So we'll see if Beckton has a feat to match the NFL speed of DNs and linebackers coming at him. But it's a risky pick, in my opinion. Very risky. Very risky. Okay. So are you, overall, are you, are you satisfied with the picks? At all. I'm not satisfied at all. <laughs> for a team with weapons named Jameson Crowder, Perriman, and Herndon, I would like one more. I would like more weapons than Mims and P. Ryan. I would like more. Personally, I would like at least two receivers, maybe three. You know, they had options out there. And for them to only draft one receiver and one running back, I was a little disappointed in that. So, I mean, Dan, the Raiders took five receivers. Especially when you see the the move that the Dolphins and the Patriots and the Bills are making. As a Jets fan, I am nervous right now, personally. I am very nervous, actually. Mm. Very nervous. Nothing new. You should be. I think you got the worst team in the division. Damn. Oh, what? Sorry? I can't disagree with that. I can't disagree with that. As long as he knows. Uh, Doug, you want to give us a little Steeler report? Yeah, man, I'll keep this short. I don't know how you got so much information out of the Jets. I don't know how he does it. <laughs> it's so extensive. Like, I don't know how he does it. Like, every time. Every, yeah, it's amazing. It's a, I, shout broke it down. I broke it down. Yeah, you did. You did. I, I appreciate you for that. But in short, with the Steelers, we wide receivers you. We didn't have a first-round pick, so second round, we picked who Combs alluded to earlier, Chase Claypool out of Notre Dame. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, he fits the mold. Actually, he doesn't fit the typical mold because Steelers are typically, like, short, fast, twitchy receivers. And yeah. kind of like this guy – well, I guess kind of started with Juju being a little bigger than A.B. And then this guy coming in, he's 6'4", 230. 
running a 4-4, you know, mm-hmm. and those numbers are, for the combine, very Calvin Johnson-esque. I don't want to jump out the window, but just those numbers, you know, height, weight, and the time, you know, that's something to get excited about. And then seeing him on film, I like what he does. So I think uh, he'll be a nice weapon for Ben. He looked good. He looked very good. Yeah, now nah, he looked he look very good. And especially his senior year, he he kind of he kind of showed out a thousand yards, thirty. Like he he did what he he definitely showed progression throughout his four years in Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anthony McFarland out of Maryland. I like him. He. I'm not sure what his role is going to be because, I mean, I know we still got Benny Snell back there and whatnot. They, from what I see on film, they're kind of the same, like, mold of player. But another one, he's fast. He runs a 4-4. He's twitchy. Uh, I'm not sure if he's a run between the tackle guy. He's shown a little propensity to catch out the backfield. But, again, he's definitely going to be a back. Definitely, like, um, Connor Insurance. He's James Connor Insurance. To a degree. Um, okay. And then uh, Antoine Brooks, the safety that we got, also from Maryland. I liked him. Uh, he looked good. He, uh, From what I've seen on the tape, he gets to the ball. Uh, he'll, again, more so be somebody coming off the bench, work his way into the rotation or not. But uh, I like what the Steelers – overall, I like what the Steelers did. They added weapons where they needed to. Like I didn't mention the edge rusher that we got, uh, you know, some old linemen, deep linemen. We did that as well. But just in terms of adding some weapons around Ben, uh, I do like uh, Claypool, number one. I like that as the top pick. I, I like – so just based on that, I like what we did overall. Okay. Uh, I mean, to round it out, whoever's on the IG Live with us, the Chargers picked Justin Herbert. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm with Combs. I'm, I'm not impressed at all. I felt like they should have moved up to get Tua, or if they're going to pass on Tua to get Jordan Love, he would have been there at number six. It might have been a little bit high, but maybe you could trade back and catch another pick and get your quarterback of the future. I feel if we're going to have Tyrod Taylor starting, I think we should go with the talent that more resembles the type of quarterback that people are looking for today, similar to Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. I think, uh, Jordan Love had those features and uh, just wasn't able to put it all together on a consistent basis. And if we're going to take a chance on somebody, I'd rather go with the more athletic player, although Justin Herbert does have an arm. But I just don't see him translating to the professional game and being able to really read defenses at the level that he needs to and being able to dissect the game that way. But we do have some speedsters, so it's possible that he could just go long all the time and get a rocking, but I'm, I'm really buying that. Exactly. You don't, you don't even sound like a believer. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm listening to your whole spiel. You don't even sound excited. <laughs> like, what's up? I don't like the pick. The Rivers left the, your, your whole, your, we your whole soul went with him. <laughs> what was that? I said Phil Rivers left and your whole soul went with him. What happened? Yeah, I'm not really feeling the moves they've been making. I think the biggest thing about Herbert was, uh, you know, division where you got to play Pat Mahomes twice a year and win the division out of him. Is he the Pat Mahomes beater? That's a question about Mr. Herbert. Well, clearly nobody's a Pat Mahomes beater considering he just won the chip, like, and the NFL MVP. So nobody is that. So why the hell would I think Justin Herbert's going to be? Like, no. 
Well, that's that's that's, un, that's unfair expectation. I feel I wouldn't put that on him. Or coming from I a, see what he's gonna come and do as being the kind of the backup guy. Like, because I guess Tyrod is kind of doing what he did in in the Browns. Just giving you a couple that. couple you games and then insert the rook. I don't like. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the plan is. So. Do you eat? One second, yeah. I got to pause the recording. Okay. Okay, we're good now. But, um, yeah, I'm just not buying that. He's the quarterback of the future. But stranger things have happened, so we'll see. As, as, a, as the resident... Member of the Jets, who just had a, as y'all would say, the best quarterback of all time in our division, Tom Brady. Anybody you draft is looked at as going against that guy in your division. That's why I said you draft Herbert or Bosa or Derwin James. You have one man in your mind at all times. That's Pat Mahomes. Every pick you're making from the Raiders to the Chiefs. I mean, the Raiders to the Chargers to the um. Uh, to the Broncos, every pick you're making is based around Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs. So that's why I said when you take Herb, Herbert or when the Broncos took Drew Locke last year or whoever the Raiders are going to move on from Carr to going to Vegas, the main man you're looking at right now is Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid when you're drafting for anything. Definitely. Um, so that's why I, I, I like the pick they made in the uh, first round again with uh, – Kenneth Murray out of Oklahoma. Looks like he'll, he'll be a good linebacker. Mm-hmm. Some tackles. Be able to engineer the defense. But if I was to give the Chargers a grade, there would be a C. Sounds about right. So, yeah. Um, anybody have a surprise pick? Yep, we've been talking about him. Let's get right into him. Jordan Love. I mean, what, like, what's up with Green Bay? I, like, last I checked, y'all were trying to win now. You have Aaron Rodgers, obviously a top quarterback in the league, like elite. Like, he clearly showed out this last season after having a poor 2018. Like, he bounced back last season. So, I'm not, I'm not understanding what going out and getting Jordan Love in the first round is going to do for y'all this, this shortened season. And being a rookie, like – and with this whole pandemic shit, like he's not gonna have, he's gonna those those everything is gonna be short. So it's like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I so off the rip, that's that's a surprising pick. Aaron Rodgers situation. Say again. I think they're looking at it as an Aaron Rodgers situation when he came in for Brett Favre. Oh, I, I guess. I would agree that, but Aaron Rodgers was. Um, considered like the top quarterback that year, and it was between him and Alex Smith, and he just happened to fall that far. If now Jordan Love does have the the raw ability to become a a legit NFL quarterback, it looks like. But where the Packers is at right now, I'm sure they would have won. Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams would have won some weapons instead. Hey, bro. Like yes. name name me the like if you name the the Packers receiving core right now it stinks. It's terrible. Devontae Adams. I mean, like, 
With Adam like when Dallas, Demir Brown, everybody with these funny names, like like besides Devontae, like why not go get another weapon? And and Adam, like they got at least they got the running game down pat, but it's like more weapons around the man, like equip him. Like y'all trying to win now. When Adam went down, always your thing that, that for them right now, that's that's not it. Like that's not it. I feel. When Aaron, when Devontae Adams went down, all they had was Aaron Jones. Like, you would think they want to build on top of that, like sign up for Asia or something. They do, they do anything. Nothing. Besides, go get Aaron Rodgers' air. A year too early. That's right? definitely a surprise that 27 wide receivers were drafted and Green Bay didn't draft one. Right. While the Raiders got four of them. <laughs> four. Four. Four wide receivers. So. Yeah, so that, that that's my surprise pick. Alarm, man. Uh any other surprise picks? Um, I like uh young Moss going to the, the Redskins. I keep a tight end. Um hopefully the Redskins don't ruin him, but he's skilled, he's talent. Yes, he has his hands. Man's hands. And is a spot over for him. He is is done. Um I don't know how much longer. What's the Vernon Vernon uh what's that? What's his name? The tight end? Vernon Davis. I don't know how long he's going to last. Vernon Davis retired. Did it? Yeah. Well, there you go. Perfect. And, and, and Cone Boy, the, the black uh, Irishman, or the receiver, I forgot what, what he calls him. Teddy McLaurin. <laughs> he needs a little, a little help. My boy's Gary Terry, man. Yeah, they got the, they got the young running back. Okay. So, I, 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 yeah, they both know that. All right. Any other surprise? Uh, the Raiders surprised me with their first-round draft picks. Um, taking, well, you know they love some speed. So I, I mean, I, I guess I wouldn't be. I guess you're not surprised to him, seeing them taking rugs over Judy or Lamb. But so I was very surprised seeing it happen because you watch rugs in college and the way he was utilized at Alabama, um, he wasn't the same type of receiver that Judy or C.D. Lamb was. Like, he's a hell of an athlete, freakish speed. Um, he is, I guess, their version of Tyreek Hill now for Oakland, but he's more of a gadget player, in my opinion, that I guess if he keeps on working, he could become a top-tier receiver. But what Judy and Lamb is right now, I think they, they offered more at the receiving spot than uh, Henry Ruggs did. And their second pick, Arnett, was surprising too. A twenty-four-year-old cornerback. Not very often you see one of those. <laughs> not in the first round. I mean, a, a contract's only four. A contract's five years. So he's. You know what I'm saying, what is it? Twenty. <laughs> what's this guy like? What's going on? There? He better walk in day one and be a Pro Bowler, pretty much. Like, what are we twenty-four? Yeah. Chef, you doing here? Like, fam. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. Um, the surprise I have is uh, Dallas, actually. You know, when I heard that Jerry Jones was going to do the draft by himself, I thought Adam was big. I know the thing. The fact that they came away with a good draft, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I thought Jerry was going to fuck it up. I'm going to lie to you. I thought Jerry was going to fuck it up. He did it. He did a good job. I hate saying okay. the Cowboys. I hate the Cowboys. Well, C.D. Lamb had his name all over it. He wasn't passing on that. Oklahoma. Yeah. See, he lay like, hold on. We don't even need a receiver. Yeah, I ain't passing on that. 
It all added up. Facts. I ain't passing on to see Lamb. All right. Um, what is your bad pick? Oh, one second. Talk to me, Doug. Uh, I, I want to call it a bad pick, but it was also kind of surprising. I guess the Jalen Hurts going to the Eagles, like now, is, Carson Wentz. Are we running a two quarterback system? Like what? Like what's that about? Like that was to me that was very surprising. Like I don't understand. So like I don't know whatever that means. I don't know what that means. You, you fly, you can fly. Watch your lip. <laughs> but I don't know where Jalen Hurts fits in that offense. Like I. I just don't know. Like, is that Carson Wentz insurance? That that's that's how I looked at it as when I woke up and I saw that pick. I mean, I, they 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 went out and got a quarterback when they could have got on and got more protection for Sam. So he got, I mean, for Carson, so he got to run for his life. Like, I don't know, like something get him some more some receivers, so he ain't got to depend on no hands Aguilar. Like, but he went to jail hurts. So, I mean, I don't know. I look at it more as they always say, you got a guy you want, go get him. Would he, would he be there any longer? Besides, besides, I don't know. Maybe if they had taken him there, they won. Okay. Um, any other bad picks? I'm not saying a bad pick, but for me... So if it's not a bad is- pick, why are you telling me about it? <laughs> mm. What happened? Mm. If it's not a bad pick, why are you telling me about it? Was a head scratching pick because the Lions traded Darius Slay to draft another cornerback. <laughs> they didn't want to pay Slay. Plus, Slay said he wanted to be out, right? They didn't want to pay him, man. He wanted to leave. I get it. Anyone to leave, but I don't know. I thought the Lions did maybe did something different, change their. The real question about the Lions is why does Matt Patricia still have a job? That's, 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 you're right. That's another question. You're right. That's another question. That's, that's the real question. question. You're exactly right. It's a line. It's Detroit. It's Detroit. What, what am I saying? Good. They only draft but, uh, receivers. <laughs> only ever draft. What was it? I said the Lions only draft cornerbacks and receivers. It's only ever draft. That is true. Creatures of habit. Creatures of habit. And running backs. Back. They find another one. They find Barry Sanders for almost 30 years. They got another one. 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 This is a guy. This guy's been, yes. been in Atlanta for three weeks. Now he's a Jordan Dick from fam over here. I like results. I like results, kid. He's been in Georgia for three weeks. Now he's over here <laughs> running the Jake Fromm marketability team over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Only him and Trey Young got posters out here. <laughs> <laughs> now he's the SEC correspondent all of a sudden. This guy. Hey, <laughs> we got, we got hey. one. We got one now. Like, let's go. Trey, Trey Young and him, the only two athletes in ATL, whatever, ain't got advertisement. <laughs> John Collins, who? Who that? Really? Yo, who that? I will say for Jake Fromm, um, as a four-year starter from Georgia, that's very impressive. His natural ability isn't that impressive for NFL NFL quarter NFL defensive. So 
And a team like Buffalo actually is a pretty good team for him with Diggs and John Brown, Beasley, double Singletary, the running back. Um, his problem is the arm strength. Arm strength pretty much is a problem. Arm strength. That's the biggest thing. If he can stay on pace with everything and stay on rhythm with everything, then he could be fine and be an actual starting quarterback. But he might be Chad Pennington, actually. Chad Pennington, maybe a little – yeah, I'll say Chad Pennington. He might be Chad Pennington a lot, actually. He's probably, when does he have an opportunity to be a starting quarterback for the Lions? I didn't put on for the Bills. Josh Allen gets hurt. I mean, he always misses a few games, Josh Allen. He misses a few games every year. I guess. Okay. But like, All yeah. right. So, you know, being that we discussed the draft, the highs, the lows, um, what, what would you guys think uh, great in this draft? Do you think there's a lot of talent that's going to be contributing for – from day one, or this is or this type of talent where they're gonna contribute in spots and start really being big time contributors in their second or third seasons. I mean, based off what you're seeing from how the gap is closing between college and NFL, I'm assuming you're gonna see a lot of players, especially the receiver spots and running back spots. I assume a lot of players are gonna actually come in and work fine from the can makers and the Rams replacing uh, Gurley with Cam Makers. I think he'll be a good player. To Clyde Edwards and Hilaire in Kansas City. To Jordan Jefferson in Minnesota. I like Jefferson. I think a lot of Jefferson players will come in next year and be pick up everybody left off in college, pretty much. I like okay. that. But you see that has been the trend. Like, you always get, like, a couple first, second-year people always come and killing like that. Like, mm-hmm. so I feel a little it'll continue, like – You'll, you'll always have a, a handful of casters come in. They'll come straight in and just fit seamlessly into whatever program or system that they fall into. So, Well, if you look at drafts from the previous DK Metcalf, year. like, you know what I'm saying? You wasn't worried about DK Metcalf last year. Like, you knew he was going to do his thing. Like, you knew yeah. the sister. You knew he was going to help Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody like that, you know he's going he's gonna to hit the running. Okay. I think like C- CD Lamb and uh, Judy, you can play that. Like they gonna they gonna come right in and do their thing. Like yep. plug and play, plug and play instantly. Not a problem. Do we have any um, offensive rookie of the year predictions? Jefferson or the guy from LSU over to um the Chiefs, Clyde. I thought that was a bad pick, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. So moving on, um, due to the pandemic, we've been getting some great content. I know a lot of y'all been binging on Netflix, and including that, we've been getting this last doc documentary on uh, last year of 97-98 Chicago Bulls. And recently we saw the, pe- the next two episodes, which focused on uh, the middle of Michael Jordan's career, all the way up to that last year that they keep focusing on and uh, explains uh, some of the shenanigans that they were going on through that season where Dennis Robinson said he needed a vacation. So, gentlemen, you guys want to add to this? First of all, I love this documentary. It's been a long time coming. It came out at the perfect time. The people needed it. Like, I I was mad that we had to wait a whole week in between the drops, but... I'm not even mad no more. Like, it's the best thing on TV. So shout out to ESPN and anybody for even putting that together because that shit is fire. Uh, in terms of what you were talking about, that shit is hilarious. Like, 
I think that shit is hilarious. Like, and my thing is like coming from that, we're like, we know, like, we know Jordan. Like, we've watched enough Jordan, at least from like the end of that first run on. Like, we've seen like a great bulk of his career. So we're very familiar with like at least the Detroit part of that story. But like we seen that, like hearing all the backstories, like Rodman going to Vegas for like go to like the need to go to Vegas, like that shit is hilarious. Like and the thing is, you can't even do that with none of the players today. Like, I wouldn't trust none of these players. Maybe LeBron. Like, maybe LeBron. But, like... LeBron wouldn't do that, though. He wouldn't do it, exactly. But, like, yeah, but exactly. A live wire today, I can't trust nobody doing that. So, like, it just showed you... Yeah. This documentary is showing you, like, just... It's really the stark difference between the league back then and the league now. Like, from many different aspects. Like, from the money to the player-coach interaction to the player interaction. Like, it's showing you mad different layers. And it's giving all these new cats who call LeBron and Kobe the, the goats. It's showing them who the real one solidified goat truly is. Like, so I love the documentary. Okay. Shout out Dennis Rodman. He, he, he's the real goat. Real talk. He's a real goat, Dennis Rodman. That's, he's a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. He's a legend. Legendary. Yeah. I had a little, Love it. I had a slightly negative take on the documentary. Not not a documentary at all. Just like watching, like old footage and like watching the guys talk. It's like it's not basketball. It's like backyard wrestling. Bill <laughs> and Beer. I'm, I'm, if, you, if you really think about that Pistons team, it was Joe Dumars, it was Isaiah Thomas, and then they had the, the Dudley Boys. <laughs> <laughs> Make the table people's backs and shit. I'm like, yo, this isn't basketball. It reminded me of going to the park, playing as old dude. They can't beat so they just fuck you up. It's like, yo, that's not basketball. But it also shows me like, yo, LeBron, like Jordan's the goat. Like he's over here, he's over here. Like he's he's laying up three guys trying to take his head off. Like and not even complaining about it. Like not anymore. One more. I need more. Like you don't have enough. No, I don't, I'm trying to think. There's not many players in say basketball that can take that kind of punishment without and not complain and not complain and not complain about it and not complain about it. It's, it's a different. Mindset. But besides that, it's, it's wonderfully produced. The throwback commercials are great. Like it just, it's just overall, it's a great product. Like to watch. I agree. Um... All the stories are great. The videos are great. All the, the tough tenacity is great. Seeing Zeke and um, the Pistons and all the old Bulls footage and stuff is all great. You know, I'm the guy from the new era and everything, you know. And and watching that basketball compared to what I'm watching now, which I love now, it's, always, it's a little different, I guess, you know. Yo, I ain't, yeah. see a, I ain't see one Duke old documentary. I ain't see one crossover yet. So I know. You're lying. He's lying. You saw Reggie hit Jordan with the crossover in the clip yesterday. Oh, Reggie, stop it. You saw that. Stop you Reggie. saw Reggie hit him with the left. I'm not, I'm not, oh, oh, that was left late. Like, stop. That was nice more hate. That was. But a lot of stuff the Pistons did, I mean, if guys could shoot, they wouldn't be able to do that stuff, right? Am I, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Also, crossovers. Also, Bill Lambeer, aka. I'm John, just saying. The fact John Bradshaw. Was that so legit? Don't the pistol was so good. The pistol was so good. 
That bad defense is a matter of fact that the Knicks can't shoot. Right. How do you start Charles Oakley, Anthony Mason's, and Patrick Ewing? I don't know when the, the three-point three shot became this devastating as it is now, but no one thought about having like more shooters on the court back then. Just Bill Van Bam, Mahomes, just thugs. They were damn, they were any basketball players. They were damn, just thugs on the court. Mahorn, we put in Mahorn, Rodman, Sally, and Lambert. They ain't make one basketball move all, all time. I ain't seen one basketball move yet. At the now, same time. At the same time. I ain't seen a box. I ain't seen that one basketball move yet. Hook shot, nothing. All I see is them with mad elbows. They threw the elbow to Horace Grant's rib kidney over here. <laughs> I'm like, yo. Stop it. Let's not act as if Horace Grant didn't throw mad salt on that. Like, he got hit in the ribs. Like, fell to the ground. Like, Horace didn't get hit that bad. Like, Cass was getting their heads taken off. Like, relax. Got the ball, relax. Like, you got a little rib tap. Put the basket. Mm-hmm. Oh, this elbow. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, yeah. yo. But my, my main thing is it shows a stark difference between the fact that this hand check stuff that these players now cannot deal with, bro, that shows the elite capacity and capability of these players back then, bro. Especially Jordan. Like, bro, if you were like if you were watching it yesterday and you were watching the defense that the Pistons were playing on them, and even when homie explained how when they went to the corner, they threw two at or when he went to the uh threw two at them, they trapped them down there, like they shaded people to him, did like did mad different schemes for the Jordan rules. And this man was still able to get shots off. I'm talking about, I'm seeing a play, man is driving from the from the left wing, from the right wing, to the center of the court. Joe Dumars grabbing him, grabbing his arm, bro. And the man still shook it off, got the shot off. They didn't call the foul, it went in, and he's just running back. Like, Cass nowadays, Cass will be crying. Like, Cass will literally stop be crying to the ref. Like, yo, ref, you didn't see that? And this man is literally out here putting weight on, getting brolic, because, like, yo, I'm tired of taking L's. Like, and that's just, again, yo, the, the difference between just the mentality of cats back then and cats now, man, like, you can't tell me that it wasn't better. Like, you can't tell me it wasn't better in terms of just just raw, authentic quality of basketball. Like, I get all the fancy shit now, all the moves, all the plays, all the schematics, the numbers, all of that shit is cute. I get it. It's nice. But, like, nah, man. Like a James Harden would die in that era. He would die. He would, yeah. he would cry but, about it. He wouldn't come. He wouldn't come back the next year does. and get strong. Like, he would go and cry. Like Allen Mansion. Like you say that, but Harden would run circles around my Harper. All right. <laughs> like, yeah. So like this documentary, it made me respect actually basketball down much more actually. So like it, it was like okay, my thought was like you know what. The stars from back then can play now. All the role players? Nah. Nope. Nah. Nah. Nope. The overall <laughs> quality of basketball now is better. Much right. Better. The Bill yeah. Lambert quality of basketball Rip now. Boys. Get them out of here, yo. You're right. <laughs> Get them out of here. They can't play today. They can't. They can't. They really can't. Because like, you can't have Bill Lambert over here throwing clotheslines at they talk. <laughs> 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 You can't have that. You can't tell me the product is better when your whole objective is to, to beat him up. It's not good. That's not basketball. But again, you heard even during the documentary yesterday, they were like, yo, the way players are like the worth of organizations, they weren't, even your star players, your players weren't worth that much back then. 
So like the hard foul, right, whatever, get up, shake it off. Like you're gonna get paid a million dollars for the year and you'll be good. Like, and that was it. Like, but cats like LeBron who's bringing it, who's generating billions for your organization and your like your team and all that, like, nah, you gotta protect them. So I understand it in that sense. But again, it just shows the toughness of one era and the the coddling of another, like in in a sense. So like again, like I guess I come Coles, Combs is a new school cat. I guess I'm the old school cat. Like Okay. I respect both eras though, like in their own right. No, let me just say that. You say it, I think you say it now, but if 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 somehow they got in a time machine and put those teams on the court now, but I don't watch this. I don't watch the I don't wanna watch I don't wanna watch Big Man Horn close line fuck LeBron. I don't wanna see <laughs> I don't wanna see that. Those highlights are the ninety one finals with that old ass Lakers team versus the Bulls. Right. Magic couldn't magic driven like Mark Jack, Mark Jackson over here. Over here, going right, foot left. The old man. Put him on the hip. Put him on the hip. What is this? That's close big. Hold on, time now. How old is Mark? Is uh Max Johnson right now? I want to say that was his like it's the last year. Robin, he was on his way out. He already talked about past sports and all of that. Like he was on his way out. Yeah, he definitely was. He definitely was. That also brings my next question. I don't, I get it. Imagine them dominated that era. But I need to check how many teams were actually competing with them in that era. Right. Nah, they were. Don't do that. They they spoke about Cleveland. They spoke about Boston. Oh, Craig Elo, stop it. <laughs> right. Craig, stop I it. it. I knew he was going to do that. I knew he was going to do that. <laughs> They needed a last shot to win. So I'm giving the same face. I'm giving the same face that Ron Harper gave him. Craig Elo? If that was the case, why'd you need five games to win? No, why? I agree with Combs, though. Because, no, why? And this ties into what Combs is saying. I got a post today from my 2K chat about a Will Chamberlain game. This nigga had 53 points. 32 boards, 14 assists, <laughs> 11 steals. Who the hell are you playing against? <laughs> I mean, just now. Who are you playing against? But you're, you're going off topic. That's not what we were talking about. <laughs> no, but I'm just saying, because Cole, you saying, like, who are these guys playing against? I mean, you're right. I'm just tired of what he said. Mm-hmm. As, as the biggest thing I'm taking away from this documentary is, as I'm watching it, I don't remember a lot of these. I remember like the 97 season as I got older, of course, but the 91, 92s, 95, all that, I don't remember that shit really that much, but watching it now is like, I see a basketball, I can, I can see the players are talented, of course, but a lot of two-pointers, man, a lot of two-pointers, a lot of two-pointers, though I know. A lot but of tough still very high scoring and still very efficient. A lot of tough two-pointers. See that, they're still very efficient right. basketball, like that's... Okay. Well, no, those those big bowls games were in the 80s, though. Those next bowl games were 88, 85, something like that. Those were hard. Those were hard. <laughs> those next bowl games were 92, 85. The other thing I is that with the slower game, these dudes' prime lasted way longer. Like, Dennis Brown was like 36. Like, like, Jordan, like 30. How old was Jordan on the bowl? Like 36, 37? I think so. Like, oh, bowling. Bowling. All right. So, moving on. Any other main points you want to go? Get off before we move on to the next topic. You mentioned Phil Jackson and Doug Collins. You mentioned that. Yes, I did. 
Um, I did like how the documentary tied that up. I like how they put that together, showed the like the transition from one to the next, like, and even exactly. change in style. It was still kind of like smooth, being cuts. So I just feel that shows that they're both kind of elite in their own in their own right. So obviously Phil being more elite, but it shows that I mean, very solid coach, and especially for him being that young, his first season team and all that, like. He did his thing, like, even though it was kind of easy, yeah, just give Mike the ball and that easy game plan, sure. But, like, you well, I don't know if that's what he did. Convince Mike to give up the basketball now. No. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Doug Collins ahead of his time, actually. Like, Doug Collins he was. He tried to get that one-on-one basketball early. Like, hold on, get out the way. <laughs> Phil Jackson was trying to go up Bill Conrad. Like, hold on, what's going on here? <laughs> And Mike ain't like that. <laughs> He's out. I'm gonna build car right taking last shot. <laughs> and the Collins a pioneer. He's like, hold on, you love the ball in your hand early. And he was and on his Dan Tony really early. That's what he right. was. He was on his Dan Tony very early. Like, yo, this is the best player. Best. Feature him, and that's right. it. Like, that was his whole mantra, and I'm not mad at it. But it, but in Phil Jackson's defense, that's easy to defend. It is, of course. Of course. Especially back then. Once the games get tied up and it's the playoffs, it's hard to win that way when everybody knows what you're going to do. So he said, Mike, involve your teammates and you'll be able to get the ball much easier. You won't score 35 a night, but you'll win. Yeah. Especially back then, we could, we, we could fuck them up like that. You're right. You got to pass the ball. Because like, if, you, if you go to Iraq, are you going to play it? You start to hurt. You don't feel with that. It's definitely going to start to hurt. So, all right. Uh, moving on. Um, if guys haven't been paying attention, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we've been having a lot of musical content on the internet lately. Uh, one of them has been the verses that producers Swiss Beats and Timbaland have been having, where they take different producers or songwriters and match them up against each other and match up their best hits, go song for song. Usually lasts about an hour and a half, two hours. And uh, the most recent one that I can recall watching was uh, Teddy Riley and Babyface, which finally happened after the first round was a little bit of a fiasco, the first attempt, I should say. And uh, that one was pretty good. It definitely uh, brought back some nostalgia. I even saw some people on my timeline that were actually getting dressed to the nines for this event, <laughs> even though Ridiculous. they were watch it from the internet, from their Wi-Fi. But uh, what do you guys uh, think about all of these verses and what it's doing for um, people's form of entertainment? It's great. It's for the culture, man. It's for the culture. It's great. Like, I don't know how much, I don't know how much kid, people under 28 are enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> I'm loving it. <laughs> I'm loving it. I know, my, I know my boys I like to get with, they're like 26, 25. They're, they're, they don't have no time for Teddy Riley versus Babyface. Mm. <laughs> mm. I love it. I'm, I'm loving it. My favorite yeah. I was to tell you about Babyface. My second my second favorite was uh Lil John versus um versus uh, Unfortunately I missed the original Swiss Beats versus Tim, so I didn't get to see that one. But um those are my two favorites so far. Okay. Combs. See man, my favorite so far have been um <clears throat> T Pain and Lil John probably. That's probably my era. Play a lot of my hits. I like that shit. I like the Manny Fresh and um, 
And Scott, Scott Storch also. Scott that, was a, that, was a good one. that was a good one. They weren't entertaining like that, though. That's, that's what I think for me. The music was good, but I the entertainment factor. Yes. I mean, but people are there for, with the matchups. People are there for different things. Like, yeah. Like, and then you know with certain people, like, they, they ain't got no personality, really. Like, so. Right. They just they just hear the they really hear just for the music so it's like, mm-hmm. like when I saw many Princess Scott Storch like I knew that I was like all right I'm only here for the music because right nothing about their personal lives like, at all like nothing. At all. Well Scott Storch you might want to know they they saying they're about to make a thirty for thirty type of yeah he, he's a little wild I actually do know some stuff about Scott yeah. he, he a wild man wait what money fast he he's a real BMF like. Wait, what yeah, he blew about a hundred million on Coke. Why did that? But you say you documentary? They say his life is worth doing a documentary. Oh, okay, I got you, got you, got you. I mean, you can tell he's damn near alive. People are like talking mad slow, like damn. <laughs> okay. Uh, for me, the verse has been dope. Uh, Again, it's one of those joints, perfect, right in time for what's happening, like, perfect for the culture. Uh, my favorite one is the joint that we put on, to be honest with you. Right. <laughs> I'll be right. quite frank with you. That joint was fire. It was dope. It was E-Money versus our man Bryce. Like, Pharrell versus Kanye. Pay me my respects. <laughs> E-Money came out the victor. So, you know, we put on for, for the brand, put on for PTP. So uh, that 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 was my favorite one, only because obviously we hosted it and we had a good turnout, man. People came out, people really wanted to vibe and see what was up. Like, so we really about to make it a thing too, low key. We got some things in the works. We gonna keep that on the low low for now, but yeah, man, that's, <laughs> that's a dope thing. Like, you know, might as well just latch on to what's happening. Like, and it's 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 a dope thing because we also, along with sports, we love we all love music. We talk about music in the group chat just as much as sports, I think. So like. That's one of those perfect kind of segues. It's like, yo, this this versus joint came right on time, bro. Right on time. Scott Sorts and T Pain was uh, Scott Sorts and Manny Press was the best one to me, though. I think that that, that was my favorite one. Okay. Uh, outside of the one Bryce and I did, which I thoroughly enjoyed on Friday, my favorite one might have been uh, Shaw Gary and uh, the Dream. You. I forgot you were R&B cat low-key. Huh? I forgot you were R&B cat low-key. Hey, I'm saying they got <laughs> between the two of them. Minus Sean got up in the camera, I was, I was cool. <laughs> I love the dream. God, he's bored. He has no personality at all. He's just, he's literally just playing songs. That's why he a behind-the-scenes guy, man. That, and I found it hilarious that he started playing golf. Wait, what? <laughs> Started playing golf during the battle. And he told Sean Gary, stop telling people uh, about number ones. We stopped worrying about number ones 10 years ago. Let's mm. talk with oh, you. Damn. <laughs> I didn't know you flex like that. Damn. <laughs> I thought they had beef, though. What was damn. that? Damn. I thought they didn't like each other, Sean Gary. I, I was surprised when I saw it. Oh, okay. Oh, like real life? Yeah. yeah. I, remember, you know, I remember an interview a couple years ago, I think the Breakfast Club, like Sean Gary was some shade of dream. Like, it was like, uh, they were playing a game like genius versus like in the moment. And it was like the dream. He was like in the moment. I was like, damn, you a hater. Damn. Yeah, but as you can see, they both have an extensive catalog. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a that's a fact. We live uh, yeah. in our in our primes. Like we live through a lot, we, we live through a lot of their music. 
I can't focus sure. on these show gas stations too long, though. <laughs> <laughs> it, was rough. it was rough to watch the battle. Right. Like, to, watch it, to listen, it was great. Like, audibly? Yeah. Like, to watch it, though? Like, Sean Gary, you're going to be the ugliest army guy. Like, you gotta it, was, it, was, it was rough. That was, was a little rough. All right. Well, um, uh, keep our listeners in tune. We're definitely going to put out some... Uh, Correspondence and marketing for our battle coming up next Friday. Uh, not yeah. Friday. Excuse me. She got a couple joints in the works, man. We got a couple joints, man. Y'all advertise more than fucking Jermaine Dupri and Dallas Austin did. Because they trash. <laughs> I didn't really have a battle. <laughs> I didn't really have a battle. Now, no funny though. I'm like, I'll, I'll be very frank. Like, when I saw that, I thought about it. I was just like, damn, are we going to have to cancel this? Like, are we gonna have to cancel our joint? Cause like their joint was like they advertised it like two hours before it was supposed to start. Oh. Like, damn, son! Like, are they gonna pull people away from our joint? And it was just like, nah, we good. I didn't even, I didn't even hear about that shit. I didn't exactly. hear about it. All. I didn't hear about it all. <laughs> exactly. I don't follow three to three or that. Exactly. So, like, <laughs> but that's no disrespect to that because we know they both legends in their own right. But of course, you know, I, there there's certainly a lot of other. Better versus battles, and we gonna talk about that on, on yeah, especially with Jermaine Dupree too. Like I like Dallas Austin, but I don't want to hear about the TLC songs. Like I'm, you feel me? Yeah, like I love TLC, but I don't want to hear about the TLC songs. First, Jermaine Dupree playing Money in a Thing, fucking the DLC, what all that lean with it, rock with it. You know what I'm saying? I don't want to hear that being combated with no scrubs or waterfalls or something like that. Hey, <laughs> hey I showed you. I told you, use properly those clubs can win a battle. Those clubs win a lot of battles, and that was also going to battle a lot of people, but I don't want to see him versus Jermaine Dupree. Like, you're right. I mean, we got a lot of rap songs. Like, got a lot of rap songs. That was a thing that they both bored at home. Like, all right, fuck it, this is something. That, that's exactly what it seemed like when it got set up. I was, I was just, they, like, they I saw the promoter at 7 o'clock. I was just like, wait, what? Why am I just hearing about this? Like, Right. And Jermaine, yeah, Jermaine should be on the Versus Network for somebody. Somebody big, to be honest yeah. with you. Right. And real t- and let me just drop this. I did see that they are really trying to do this uh, Dr. Dre versus Diddy. That's, like, really trying to get put together. How y'all feel about that? Love it. That'll be dope. Does Dre have a so, so let me say this. Let me, let me say this. There was a lot of people hating, saying that, yo, it shouldn't be Diddy. It should be like a real producer, somebody who like really makes beats, kind of like Dr. Dre, so they can kind of really rival him in terms of a bit bigger catalog. Because Diddy's kind of just like that boy, though. He was like the Khaled before Khaled. Like he puts people together, and he's he probably in the studio telling you, "Yo, this sounds like this, and this sounds like that." But like he's not there drumming, making beats with you, and at the soundboard. You know what I'm saying? Like that. I mean. Have you guys watched the Netflix? So I've, I've been binge watching, binge watching the um, Netflix series of uh, Hip Hop uh, Revolution. Okay. Oh, look at you. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you're watching that. No funny. I watch everything now. Right? I watch everything. <laughs> I watch everything. You're right. Like, why did I put that fast? I got so much respect for Diddy. Like, he's, actually, he's, in, he's in the booth. He's in the, he's in the sound booth. He's, he's playing around. He, like, he had to learn. I remember he said, um, he was following someone who like, didn't play any instruments, but he knew how to make the sounds of instruments. So he started learning how to do that stuff. I'm like, yo, he's in the he's in the booth. Oh no, no one's saying no one's saying no one's saying 
no one's saying Diddy isn't the executive producer of everything for Bad Boys, but him versus a Dr. Dre, I think. I don't know. It's weird because like you, you literally hear Dr. Dre, Dr. Dre playing every single beat and all the keys and everything on his on his records. And then, it should be Diddy versus Fifty or something like that. Like that should be not, more so the joint. Like, executive battle word. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't mind seeing Dr. Dre go versus Irv Gotti. Mm. But Irv also didn't make beats though at that, did he? Irv got a lot of beats. Irv made beats. <laughs> my, my thing about Diddy versus Dre is like, it's almost like two different eras of like, Dre did a lot of work before Diddy even got started. Like, I would was, I was rather see Death Row versus, versus Bad Boys rather than Diddy versus What do you mean Dre did a lot of work before Diddy got started? They're uh, the same era. Not I mean, like, I feel like did a lot of work for NWA and for early Snoop and for early Tupac, I mean, for Tupac and Death That's Row. all 92, 93, 94. But that's like right when Bad Boys just got started though. That's like when Diddy only had um, Big, Biggie. Then he started incorporating more things. Yeah, Biggie, yeah, Craig Mack. He did music with Jodeci, with Uptown Records, Mary J. That's all. So you, yeah, you count that this year? Why won't you count it? I, I, I was the only bad boys. I wasn't thinking like I wasn't thinking like Motown or something like that. I don't know why. That's where he started. Cause I, I just didn't. When I think of Jodeci. I didn't think Diddy. You're right. I just thought I thought Jodeci. I didn't think I didn't think Diddy. <laughs> all right. But yeah, I think that's a fair uh, battle between the two of them. I, I, I'll definitely tune in for that. But knowing Dr. Dre, I'm not buying that. Not bro. So, you know why? Uh, this this is the only reason I buy it because Diddy tweeted it. Diddy don't be tweeting. That don't mean nothing to me. It does to me. He don't he he don't be posting nonsense. So when he posted that, I said, "Oh, this really in the works." Like I like it. And right. Teddy Riley after his battle too. Yeah, like right when everyone else got off. So remember at the end of the battle, um, they think about his own life and did his guitar shit, and then uh, Teddy Riley did his own shit. His last song he did, um, remember the time after mm -hmm. Drake called Teddy Riley. He was talking to him, yo, we need to get you in here, do this thing too. So like, it's in the works. I see, I see it happening. So we'll see, man. Nothing so, else to do, man. Make it work. Put it up. Put it together, man. Right. We're going to see. We're going to see. So, you know, let's get to uh, the overly anticipated past their prime candidates. Gentlemen, does everyone have a candidate? We have to. Yeah. First one. Yeah. First one back. This is episode like one. I'm going first. Mine's going short. I'll go first. Um, all right. as you all know, Georgia just reinstated, uh, opening things up, you know, people started to scatter out. I thought people were scattered out. No, no. ATL's fully out. You know what I mean? Just video people on block, like on a block, chilling, no mask. I personally went to a social restaurant yesterday for pick up some food. Some fool talking to me, no mask in my face. I had to put my mask on quick. Hold on, bro. You can't see me. John Cena, you can't see me, bro. You got to back up. Too close. So ATL, you gotta chill, ATL. Like, yo, give it at least two, three weeks. Give it some time. Don't, don't just hop out there. Ease up a little bit. You gotta chill out, fellas. And the Georgia, and the Georgia mayor himself has a problem. I don't know what it's not ATL fault. We know that some people can't help themselves. It's Georgia, it's the, it's the mayor's fault. 
of Georgia. Not as a governor, not the not the mayor. Governor, excuse me. The governor. Governor. Because the, the mayor governor the mayor tried to put everybody back in the crib. Yeah. <laughs> this bus driver, we would bust back in the seats. You got to chill out. <laughs> you got to chill out. You got to chill out. Get your ass home. That's my that's my principle. My my new my new home got to chill out. These, 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 All right. So the first candidate is Atlanta residents who chose to take advantage of essential places and restaurants and salons and barbershops opening up this weekend. Yo, I drove by the restaurant I was going to pick up food. Red Lobster was packed. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I was like y'all need them set of biscuits I see. Red Lobster? Out of all places. Right? Yeah. Out of all places. <laughs> like, <laughs> little line outside. I'm like, damn. How much? Was that much? <laughs> no, yo, that's the thing. In ATL, there's a fucking seafood spot on every block. Why are you still here? That's crazy. Yo, you can get crab, seafood, shrimp anywhere in ATL. Why are you rushing to the Red Lobster? Need a biscuit. <laughs> Now, them Tampa Bay biscuits be hitting. They top five. They undefeated, man. They are good. They undefeated, I, man. I bought some from um from uh, the, gro- the grocery store. I bet you did. Yeah. <laughs> Kroger got it. <laughs> like, my, like my man Dre said, I found a Kroger changed his life. You know what I mean? <laughs> All right, man. Combs, what you got? You already know NFL draft time. I make my predictions on quarterbacks and projections. I said, I told y'all Rivers is PTP, Eli's PTP, Big Ben's PTP. No, we're not. We'll see if he can play. We'll see if he can stay alive this year. We'll see. Mm-hmm. First year with Antonio Brown looked a little shaky. We'll see how year two goes. But, uh, me too, but continue. Get to your PTP candidate, what? man. As I think the Green Bay Packers are telling us, Aaron Rodgers is about to hit that PTP decline fellas and it's nothing against Aaron Rodgers you know but at 35 I think coming off a year we he played pretty well he's more of the Aaron Rodgers the game manager Aaron Rodgers last year and he played well maybe I was due to the weapons mm-hmm. they had the lack of weapons they had Aaron Jones had a regular season but the Packers and Matt LaFleur thought that this kid Jordan Love might be able to get him a little added extra something that maybe people like the guy actually. He's a good teammate. You know, you hear a lot of things about Aaron Rodgers that people in the building don't like him that much, you know? Hey, I'm not making this stuff up. I'm just reporting what I hear. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm just saying. And the year, I look at my research real quick, the year that the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers for Brett Favre, the Packers are coming up a 10 and 6 season. That next year, they went 4 and 12. Brett Favre had one of his worst career seasons of his career with one young Aaron Rodgers in his in his uh in his rearview mirror. And I believe the same thing will happen this year to one Aaron Rodgers. You see the Bears might have an actual quarterback now with Nick Foles. The Vikings look a lot oh. better. What do you say? Nick, I said the Bears. The Bears part. have an actual quarterback now with Nick Foles. Nick Foles. I mean, Mitch Trubisky can't throw. They have a great defense, though. And Mitch Trubisky, 
If they can put points on the board, they'll win games. Like, we, 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 both get that straight. <laughs> That's a fat coach. That is true. That is true. That is true. If he can stay healthy, that's one thing. But in that division, the Vikings look good. We saw the 49ers wash him up last year. If Aaron Rodgers struggles, man, that's all I'm going to say. The Jordan Love calls will be louder and louder as Aaron Rodgers struggles, possibly. You know, and he ain't the runner that he used to be. This kid Jordan Love can move in the pocket, dirty up a little bit. Aaron Rodgers knows – we know Aaron Rodgers doesn't like young receivers. He doesn't want to work with anybody. He's not going to mentor Jordan Love or anything. So, we, we I think we know this is going to pan, play out. Aaron Rodgers may be a new team, maybe not next year. But I think in two years, 2022, Aaron Rodgers is somewhere else. And Jordan Love is a quarterback of the, of the, of the go, pack go. Might be All early. Right. Might be Aaron early. Aaron Rodgers. Dub, you got anybody? Uh, yeah, man, real quick piggyback off of Coles' uh, COVID-19 uh, fiasco down there in the A. Shit ain't much better in New York because you got a whole, you got 13 cases of bozos out there drinking household fluids and whatnot and disinfected and Purell and Lysol and bleach and a whole bunch of other nonsense due to our president giving out bad information per usual. Mm. You know, short and sweet, man, like do better people like like do better like how for your whole life you knew not to drink bleach but this weekend you decide to drink bleach like what like what happened in the brain like why why be short circuit there like why the bleach become the drink of choice like as opposed to the water and the any and all the other libations you've probably been ingesting like why why the clorox that's been sitting under the under the sink like like why why i just I just don't understand. I just don't understand. So I, I don't even know who's supposed to get that. Is it New York? Is it the New Yorkers? Is it the president? Like, is it uh, like, the best I, way like, to put know. it? The best way I would put it is Trump supporters who drank bleach. There we go. That works. That works for me. Trump supporters who drank bleach. It's y'all. It's y'all. So, uh, ATL residents who stepped outside now that the quarantine has been laxed in Georgia. Aaron Rodgers, quarterback of the Green Bay Packers, due to Jordan Love drafting. The 13 cases of the Trump supporters drinking bleach. And I'm going to throw my own PTP candidate in there just to keep it old copacetic. Do that. Do it. My man out of Houston, the GM, Bill (laughs) O'Brien, to be fired immediately. Why are you giving up a top three wide receiver for a pack of old pistachios and Bluntvilles? <laughs> what is going on? That's what he got back in return for DeAndre Hopkins. Especially when you look at what the Vikings got back. Pistachios and Bluntvilles. Especially when you look at what the Vikings got back for. Uh... Bluntvilles. Especially when you see what the Vikings got back for Stephon Diggs. It's not even close. And they got Jordan Jefferson with that pick, with that draft, with that trade they got uh from Diggs from Diggs. They got Jordan Jefferson right away. And the Texans got Randall Cobb. And they traded last year their first rounder for Larry Tunsil. They did. And it's made him the highest paid tackle. Hardball to sign him to a long term deal. Mm-hmm. What, what, what Larry Me Tunsil just get? Three for 66 or something like that? 
Yeah. The highest paid left tackle by $4 million. Mm. Fucking nasty. Yeah, so I'm not sure what Bill O'Brien's doing because what is Larry Tunsil protecting? Because Deshaun Watson don't got no real down the field threats anymore. He ain't got no Hopkins no more. Nope. Will Fuller? Seven games. Will Fuller was born on the list. Seven, eight, eight, seven, eight, 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 Save it. Save it. Save it. He'll be here next week. It's all right. He'll be here next week. No problem. But the winner, and I don't even think it's even close, is the 13th case of the Trump supporters drinking a uh, bleach. Mm. Past their prime candidate winners this week. And they're dying, so you can't beat that. What was that? I said, they're literally dying, so you can't beat that. They're drinking bleach. <laughs> Or at least trying to die. Like it's just yeah. like I don't, I don't, I don't get the game plan. Like mm. it literally mm. says, "Do not ingest on the bottle." Like it, it says that in the warning. Like do not put in your mouth, your eyes. It says that. Like, but they did that. So shout out to them. Hey, yo, they want to perish. That's that's their prerogative. That's, that's <laughs> I can't, I can't tell people what to do when the warning says what to do. Like I can't. What am I to do? Like I didn't even make the warning. I never thought the day would come where we have to tell people to do, do not drink bleach as a remedy for being sick. Bruh, I thought that was only something you had to tell kids. Like, yo, yeah. drink the bleach under the sink because it's not meant to be drunk. Like, you tell that to the five-year-old, you got to leave him alone for five minutes. Like, not the Precisely. <laughs> chilling in the crib. Like, bruh. So, yeah, so with that... That's our first episode of season six, episode six on one. It's in the books. It's your boy E Money, Pastor Prime Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website, pastorprime5.com. Join our mailing list and look out for our content on IG. We're also at Pastor Prime. Look for me on IG on the Pastor Prime handle or on the handle E Money 718. Gentlemen. Yo, past that prime, man. Check us out. Like he said, the website. Check us out on YouTube. You're going to see all the content, all the clips up there. Check us out, man. It's your boy, Johnny Dubs. Check me out at Dubs on Deck. You see the ad name down there. Boy, Coles. You see it? Marcus that underscore Costanza. I'll be. It's your boy, PTP Combs. You know the deal. <laughs>